This is Pastor Rick's Daily Hope, the Bible teaching ministry of Pastor Rick Warren. Today, we continue with a series based on the 23rd Psalm called Living in the Goodness of God. In these lessons, you'll discover that God is good all the time, even in life's most difficult circumstances. And you'll experience the hope and favor that spring from God's divine goodness. Now in just a few moments, we're going to let you know how you can get your very own copy of Open Doors, A Year of Daily Devotions book. It's a beautiful hardcover book with 365 devotionals from Pastor Rick that offer daily encouragement from the Bible. You can take a sneak peek right now by going to PastorRick.com while you listen or text the word DAILY to 800-600-5004 to find out more. Right now, here's Pastor Rick Warren with part one of a message called How God's Goodness Can Restore You. Welcome to part four in this series through Psalm 23 that we're calling living in God's goodness. Now, you know, it would really be a waste of us for us to study Psalm 23 and not memorize it. Oh. It's only six verses, and you've heard it all your life, so you need to get this down. Uh, But I want you to take your outline, and let's just read the first three verses aloud together, okay? The Lord is my shepherd. Let's start over. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. Now stop there. The original uh, King James Version says, I shall not want. But literally, it means in the Hebrew, and uh, which was originally written in, I don't lack anything. I, I have all I need. And almost every modern translation translated, the Lord is my shepherd. I have everything that I need. Okay? So let's say that one again. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything that I need, okay? Now, you already know one verse, so turn to the person next to you and say, you're brilliant, okay? You're brilliant. You got one verse down. (laughs) These are not long verses anyway. Now let's read verse two. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters, all right? And then... The next line is the beginning of verse three. So let's read that. He restores my soul. Now, what you just read talks about what the good shepherd, your heavenly father, and Jesus calls himself the good shepherd, wants to do in your life. And he says, I wanna give you rest, and I wanna give you refreshment, and I wanna give you restoration. He says, first I wanna give you rest. He makes me lie down. And he says, first, I want to give you rest. Then he says, I want to give you refreshment. He leads me beside still waters. Quiet waters. You know, it's why people like to go to parks and sit by a lake. It has a tranquilizing effect in your life. And then he says, he restores my soul. So rest, refreshment, and restoration. This weekend, we're going to look at the the third. But let's get into it uh, right here at the beginning. Now, he says, he restores my soul. What does that mean? First, what's your soul? What is your soul? Well, the Bible says that you have a spirit, you have a soul, and you have a body. Just like the tabernacle and the temple were a three-part dwelling place of God, the inner court, the outer court, and the Holy of Holies, 
God dwells in you in three parts, in your spirit, in your soul, and in your body. What's the difference between your spirit and your soul? Well, the Bible even says itself that only the Bible can discern the difference, that it is the word of God that is sharper than a two-edged sword, dividing even asunder of soul and spirit. And so I don't want to get into that, but I do want to tell you what your soul is. Your soul is your mind, it is your will, and it is your emotion. So why don't you write this down uh, if you're taking notes. My soul is the part of me that thinks, chooses, and feels. My soul is the part of me that thinks, that chooses, and that feels. It's your mind, it's your will, and your emotion. Now, if you don't have a soul, you don't have a whole lot. But these three parts of who you are, the way you think, the way you feel, and the choices that you make, your mind, will, and your emotions, really determine who you are. And it's very easy to get these damaged. Can your mind be damaged? Of course it can. Yeah, by what you put in it, by experiences, by trauma, uh, chemistry, all kinds of things. Your mind can be damaged. You don't always think straight, and neither do I. And how about your emotions? Can your emotions be damaged? Yes. Your emotions can get raw. You can get depleted emotionally. You can be out of emotion. You could be over-emotional. And yes, our minds are broken. Our emotions are broken. And actually, can your will be broken? Yes. Can it be damaged? Yes. Have you ever had a chance to look at your life and you think, I really know the right thing to do, and I want to do the right thing, but I never do choose it? Because our choosers are broken. <laughs> our choosers are broken. We're all flawed in, in many ways. And that's why there are addictions. And that's why you do things that you don't want to do, and you don't do things that you want to do. That's part of your willpower doesn't always work. How many agree willpower doesn't always work? Yeah, right. And so when we talk about our soul, the way we think, the way we feel, and the way we choose, the decisions that we make, um, God says, I want to restore that in your life. I want to restore you to wholeness. I want to restore your mind and will and emotions to health. That's one of the things the good shepherd does for the sheep. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. Well, sometimes I need to think straighter. And sometimes I need to feel correctly because my emotions aren't always right. Sometimes they lie. And sometimes I need my will fixed because I, I don't have enough willpower to do what I, I need to do. Now, what is it that damages your soul? What I want us to do this weekend is, is ask a couple questions. What damages our soul, because you can't get it restored unless you know what's causing the problem. What damages my soul, we'll look at that, and then we're gonna look at um, what Jesus does to restore it. How does Jesus restore right thinking, right feeling, and right deciding? And then finally, we'll look at, just very briefly, how do I make the right decisions to let my soul be restored. In other words, what's my response to what God wants to do in my life, okay? Now, let's begin with what is it that damages your soul? Why don't you always think right? Why don't you always feel right? And why don't you always choose right? There are many things that could damage your soul, but I wanna focus on the three most common. Three most common, you might write these down. Number one, the first thing that damages the way you think, the way you feel, and the way you decide is under or unaddressed grudges. Unaddressed grudges. When you get resentful, when you get bitter, 
when you start thinking about retaliation or revenge in somebody who's hurt you, it damages your soul. Now, there are a lot of verses about this, but let me first talk about the background. The fact is, in life, you're going to be hurt. Why? This is not heaven. This is earth. And we're all broken people. We're all imperfect. Sometimes we hurt each other intentionally. Sometimes we hurt each other unintentionally. But the truth is, you're going to be hurt in life. And sometimes people hurt you, and sometimes you hurt them. And so when that happens, we start to build up grudges. Now let me just start at the bedrock. Life is not fair. God never said that life would be fair. This is not heaven where everything is done perfectly. God's will is always done instantly, perfectly, and completely. On earth, a lot of times we choose not to do God's will. That's called sin. And because life is unfair, uh, the Bible tells us that innocent people suffer. This is not something new. Everybody can see it that good guys don't always win. Bad guys often are successful. That there is injustice in the world. There's racism in the world. There's prejudice in the world. There is uh, uh, unfairness in the world. And every one of us in different ways have experienced unfairness or uh, prejudicial treatment against you in some way. And, And you shouldn't be surprised by that because the world is broken. Everything is broken. What I'm interested in is not so much the fact that you're going to be hurt in life. I'm sorry for it. But what I'm more interested in is how you respond to it. Because your response to how you get hurt in life is far more important than the hurts you have. Because they can either make you bitter or they can make you better. And when God wants to restore your soul, he wants to take all of the bitter things in your life and turn them into better things in your life. We'll come to that in just a minute. Now, when you have grudges, when people hurt you, you can either let it go, or or you can start dwelling on it and stewing and spewing and worrying about all things, and uh, you start planning how to retaliate, how to resent them, how to get, get even with them. When you, somebody hurts you, that puts them beneath you morally when they hurt you. But when you try to get even, it just puts you on the same level. You're no better than they are. When you let it go, when you forgive them, it actually puts you in a superior position. You don't want to ever get even with people because that means you're the same as they are. If you get even with them, you're no better than they are. So what do you do when you're hurt? Resent, retaliate, seek revenge? No, no you don't. Let me show you why. A couple verses. Job 5 verse 2 says this. To worry yourself to death with resentment would be a foolish, senseless thing to do. And in Job 18, verse 4, it says this. You're only hurting yourself with your anger. You're only hurting yourself. We've talked about this many times. That when you, when you hold on to a grudge, it's not hurting them. It's only hurting you. They're out there having a good time. They're watching movies. They're going to nice restaurants. They're you know, going to ball games, having a whole lot of fun. They're totally oblivious. What, who gets hurt when you're resentful? You do. It's like drinking poison and hoping it kills them. It's like taking fire uh, into your, you know, into your stomach or your chest and hoping they get burnt. Resentment is worthless. He says to worry yourself to death with resentment would be a foolish thing to do. Now the Bible does say that one day God's going to even the score. The Bible says that there is a judgment day and that God is not just a loving God, he's a just God. 
If God was not a just God, people like Hitler could get away with everything they did. I'm glad that God is a just God. Now, you can get around that judgment by accepting the grace of God and accepting the salvation that Jesus Christ paid for your sins. But there's gonna be a judgment day for everybody. And God is gonna be just in measuring out what, what uh, people deserve based on their, their, uh, their sinfulness. God says, I don't want you to have to go through the judgment. God doesn't like to judge. He likes to show mercy. All through scripture, God is very patient and God is very um, um, reluctant to judge and he, he'll, he'll wait and wait and wait and wait before he judges a nation or a person, things like that. He'd rather be merciful. But there is a judgment coming one day and God is gonna even the odds and people who were mistreated and, and misjudged and uh, treated unfairly, there will be a, an, an equaling out, a, a time of, of uh, justice. But that's not your job. If you try to show justice yourself and you take matters in your hands and get revenge, God says, fine, that's all we're gonna do on that. So what do you do in the meantime? You let it go. You say, but Rick, you don't know how much they've hurt me. You let it go. Why? Not because they deserve it. They don't. You don't deserve to be forgiven. You don't deserve to be forgiven at all either. But God has forgiven you. You forgive people not because they deserve it. You forgive people because you don't want to carry the pain around anymore. You don't want to be stuck with unaddressed grudges because it's not going to hurt them. It's only going to hurt you. You know, Martin Luther King once said, bitterness is blindness. Bitterness is blindness. And I like that because when I get bitter against somebody over here, I get blind to a whole lot of other things. I get blind to how much God has done good in my life. I get blind to the truth. Um, I, I get blind to uh, all of the needs of people around me. I'll, I'll just say this. You're never going to stop hurting. Your soul will not be restored until you learn to forgive and let it go. you got to drop it. We'll come back to that in a minute. The second thing that destroys your soul from the inside, uh, I said first, unaddressed grudges. The second is unconfessed guilt. Grudges and guilt are two of the biggest things that warp your soul. And grudges have to do with what people have done to you, and guilt is what you've done to other people. And we have both. We've hurt others, and other people have hurt us. And so unconfessed guilt, nothing damages your life more, your soul more. Nothing will rob your happiness quicker than to go around carrying a load of guilt. A lot of people have a misconception of God. They think that God wants us to walk around feeling guilty. He does not. God hates guilt. In fact, God loves to forgive guilt. God doesn't want you to be guilty all the time. In fact, he didn't make your body to handle guilt. You should only handle guilt for about five seconds. That's long enough to realize that was wrong and I confess it to God and I let it go. You don't carry all your sins around in your life unconfessed. If you do that, it's like carrying a garbage bag of, of junk with you into the each new year. Many years ago, I remember um, there was a couple in our church who, they were singles, and they found each other uh, in our church, and uh, they got married. And that's when the church was much smaller, and I actually was able to do their wedding. About 10 years later, 
uh, they came back and we, they said, can we take you out to dinner? And we had a dinner with them. And I said, so tell me what's happened in the last 10 years. And I remember uh, the woman told me, she said, you know, Rick, I never realized that when I was walking down that aisle in that beautiful white dress, that I was carrying a sack of garbage with me into this marriage. We all do that. Now listen closely. Marriage does not create problems. It reveals them. It reveals them. And the things that need correcting in your life show up real quick when somebody else is living with you. And what, what needs correcting in their life shows up real quick when they live with you. Marriage doesn't create problems. It reveals things that need to be worked on. And the purpose of marriage is not just to make you happy. It's to make you holy. And the number one tool, if you're married, the number one tool that God uses in your life is your spouse. You say, oh, brother. <laughs> my, my spouse isn't even a believer. It doesn't matter. God will still use them in your life. And so we start having guilt over all of the things that we've done uh, to other people. Look at this verse, Psalm 38. David talks about guilt. He says, my guilt has overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. God doesn't want you to carry that around. I've bow I'm bowed, bowed below, down, and I've brought low, and all day long I go about mourning. Now there's a couple problems with guilt. One of them is every one of us have a good reason to have it. It's legit because we don't always do what's right. We always hurt other people. We do selfish things. I don't know if it bothers you, but it bothers me. I often say the most unkind things to the people I love the most. I'm just being honest with you. That ever happened to any of you? Or are you all so holy? <laughs> oh, no, I never say anything mean to my kids or my spouse. Yeah, right. Yeah. Why is that? Because at root, we're selfish. I want what I want when I want it, and your spouse wants what they want when they want it, and when two very self-centered people hit together, it's gonna cause problems, and that creates guilt. And you cannot have two imperfect people, and all of a sudden, they're going in the same direction, uh, and they're gonna create a perfect relationship. There are no perfect relationships, and that's why we need forgiveness. Because unconfessed guilt causes a lot of problems. Now look at this verse. Proverbs 20, verse 27, tells us the other reason why we have problem with guilt. It's because we run from our own consciences. Proverbs 20, verse 27, the Lord gave us a mind and a conscience, and we, can, we can't hide from ourselves. You see, you can hide all kinds of stuff from me, and I'll never know about it. You might even hide a whole bunch of things from a friend or your boss or your spouse or your kids. But you're not hiding anything from God. And not only that, you're not hiding anything from yourself. And when you try to hide it, it just starts eating you on the inside. Because the Lord gave us a mind and a conscience. We can't hide from ourselves. And if you think, well, you know, I, I just feel bad I'm gonna to go to you know, take a vacation, but you take yourself on vacation. And so you take that same stress that's in your mind, the grudges you have toward other people and the guilt that you have about the stuff you've done wrong. Now, what do you do with guilt? What do you do with guilt? Well, the answer is the same thing as grudges, and it's forgiveness. 
in grudges, you've got to forgive them, but in guilt, you've got to ask God for forgiveness, then you've got to forgive yourself. Now, normally, we do everything except that. Let me, let me show you all the ways that don't work and why our soul, the way we think, the way we feel, and the way we choose, is often broken. Because when you are, feel guilty, you don't make smart decisions, and neither do I. Now, sometimes we just try to deny uh, our guilt. We just pretend like it, it doesn't exist. And, and what we do in denial is we just try to pretend that it doesn't exist, and we say, you know, I'm just gonna bury my past. You know what the problem with burying your past? It resurrects itself at the most inopportune times. And, and it comes back. And uh, it resurrects and it comes back to haunt you like the living dead. And something that happened 20 years ago, all of a sudden, it's back in your face again. So denial doesn't work. Sometimes we just try to minimize it. And when we minimize our guilt, um, it's kind of like, well, it's no big deal. I mean, everybody else does it. Um, you know, it wasn't that bad. It's just a little teeny, tiny, teeny, tiny sin. Well, if it's so tiny, why do you still remember it? It's not. It's not tiny. If you remember it, it's a big deal. And if it keeps coming back in your mind, it's a big deal. And you're not going to get rid of it by denying it or by minimizing it. Now, the third way we try to deal with guilt that doesn't work is we rationalize it. And I've said before, to rationalize means to tell yourself rational lies. That you, you know, you tell your, you're trying to convince yourself in your head what you heart, your heart knows is wrong. That's to rationalize. We live in a society where everybody rationalizes everything. And that if I shout enough, or I affirm it enough, or I march for it enough, then I'll think it's okay. But inside your heart's going, it's not okay. Rationalizing doesn't work. Trying to convince your heart with your mind doesn't work. Your heart's gonna win out every time. Because there's an inbuilt in con conscience in our lives that God put there. And, um, and so we say, you know, I'm gonna rationalize it away, but it doesn't make it right, and your heart still knows. And, and you're going around saying, why didn't everybody accept me? Why didn't everybody believe in me? Why didn't That's a rationalization. You need to listen to your conscience. This is Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. We are so happy you've chosen to study along with us today. As we start the new year, we often think about setting goals for the months ahead. They give us hope and keep us moving forward. And we know that setting goals is important because the Bible tells us that Jesus set goals. So, Pastor Rick developed a new power-packed download to help you successfully kick off the new year. This resource will give you the tools you need to set and achieve your personal goals, God's way. This life-changing resource is yours free when you text the word FREE to 800-600-5004. That's the word FREE to 800-600-5004. Rick will be right back to close out our time today, but first, do you want to live the full and abundant life God desires for you? That only happens when you seek God and spend time in His Word. That's why Pastor Rick put together a 365-day devotional book called Open Doors. Here's Pastor Rick to tell us more. You know, one of the ways I try to help reinforce the lessons that I teach on this broadcast is to offer daily devotionals that are based on the same lessons that I teach here. 
Did you know that over a million people subscribe to the Daily Hope devotionals? And if you're not getting them, I encourage you to sign up for this tool and resource too. If you haven't already got it, you're missing out. They're free and they're delivered right to your inbox every morning. I'll just email them to you or you can find them on the web at pastorrick.com. Now, many of you have asked that we provide these devotionals in a book format. So you know what? I asked my team to pull together 365 of the best daily devotionals and we printed them in a book. And you can use this Daily Hope devotional book, it's an entire year's worth of devotions, as part of your quiet time, and it will allow you to meditate on a single scripture every day and to reflect on what it means. Now, I know you're going to be blessed by this resource, and it's also uh, going to be uh, uh, something you could use as a meaningful gift to share with a family or a friend or, or a neighbor. This Daily Hope devotional is going to be available exclusively through Daily Hope and through the PastorRick.com store. You can't get this devotional anywhere else at any bookstore. You've got to get it directly from us because we want to be in contact with you. Get open doors today and be encouraged, inspired, and equipped to live out God's plan and purposes for your life. It's a great way to kick off the new year. And today, when you give a gift to help Daily Hope take the certain hope of Jesus to people around the world, we'll send you your very own hardcover copy of Open Doors to Say Thanks. Just go to PastorRick.com right now to get your copy of this amazing resource. Or you can just text the word DAILY to 800-600-5004. That's PastorRick.com or text the word daily to 800-600-5004. Thanks so much for your support. Be sure to join us next time as we look into God's Word for our daily hope. This program is sponsored by Pastor Rick's Daily Hope and your generous financial support.